Say hey, 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 welcome back shelf members. So in a time when um, black women are generally the victims of wealth disparities and not being able to build generational wealth, today we're joined by special guest Bianca for a series of campfires where we're looking at the importance of financial well-being. And uh, with Bianca's help, we'll be shedding a light onto the do's, the don'ts, and just things to take away and think about. Absolutely. So Bianca is a financial planner who has many years experience and has spent over seven years working at Standard Chartered Bank. Bianca, as Lyd said, will be joining us for a few campfires to discuss all things financial and money matters. And, you know, again, as Lyd said, you know, we all go through uh, and have different relationships with money, some good, some not so good. So we are going to let Bianca own her space on the shelf and take us through some money coaching. Okie dokie, Wolf, thank you so much. Um, thanks for having me here on the shelf. Um, I have to admit, that was a big, big intro. I don't, I'm not quite sure I can fill it all. Um, glowed up there, Bianca, glowed up. <laughs> that's it, that's it. Um, yeah, look, you know, hi everyone, um, everyone that's listening. Um, I don't know if there's a fourth wall to, to, to break or not, but just wanted to say hello. And yeah, I am Bianca Williams. I'm a financial planner um, and also a financial coach. Um, so I've just launched 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 a um, sort of a, a, a kind of a it's unique in that it's a hybrid service which is called I call it finance PT so it's like a personal trainer but for your finances now when you meet me you might probably say you probably need your own personal trainer <laughs> that is absolutely fine <laughs> we all choose the, the areas in which we want to be stronger and to be honest uh I like the pies so anyway <laughs> <laughs> but Bianca I think you've touched on a very um important point there because yeah I mean I don't know about the rest of our listeners but mm. um, money matters um mine aren't great if I have to be honest yeah it isn't something that put it this way in the same way that I would dedicate my 30 minutes three times a week to go to the gym I'm not doing that with financial planning. Right, right. And that's the thing. That's exactly it. That's, it's definitely where we want to spend our emotional energy because we are busy. No matter what you find yourself doing, if you're a student or even if you're in retirement or near, nearing retirement, you, there's, there's no getting away from the fact that we're busy. And so we choose what to spend our time on mainly because it makes us feel good and the thing of the matter is is that you know that it's, it's a good thing because it reinforces you know positive self-beliefs and it, it it helps us but at the same time there are certain facts that we can't get away from absolutely Bianca let me just help you out there with a the thing put it this way when I look at my um when I go to the bank put my card in and look at the balance Bianca I don't want to face it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But you're not, you're not alone. It's, it's me and my bathroom scale. Everyone <laughs> has. <laughs> it's true. Everyone has those um, those facts that we just don't necessarily want to face up to, and there. And it seems like money 
um, is just, you know, pounds and pence, right? It's just a bit of paper or it's just some coins. But from the time we are, I think it's about six, that's when our attitudes to most things, including money, get hardened. Now think about when we're six. We've barely actually begun to distinguish, and I'm talking about like sort of child psychology here, barely begun to distinguish fact from fiction. You tell a four-year-old, five-year-old that, you know, there's a big bad wolf coming, no matter if we live in, you know, the, the, the innermost of inner cities, they actually believe that it's yeah. happening or yeah. that, you know, a princess can kiss a frog. Yeah. Um, and at that point, all of these um, influences and, you know, it's from your parents, grandparents, brothers and sisters, everything um, comes together to form and shape the relationship that we have with money or at least our ideas about it and it's not just money it's resources to be honest it's not just you know it, you know we might not have you know you might not be there at the checkout you know looking over mummy's shoulder going could you really afford that like, we're not doing that <laughs> Bianca where is that child I want that child <laughs> well would be enough that child was me but that's that's not also the good idea but it's 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 basically you know resources it's toys it's attention it's um where you see you know this person got a bigger present than me or you know all of these things they they help to shape how we feel about money and therefore when you're you're going to either spend save invest whatever you're going to do all of those things are in the back of your mind and you don't think about it you don't consciously go to spend more than you want to you don't consciously go to um, necessarily avoid your bank um, statements but it just ends up happening as a as a matter of course um and so working so when i started out i was in corporate banking um investment banking and that was to do with you know large loans for m a and um so mergers and acquisitions and, you know, buying factories or whatever it might have been, right? And my job was to see if this company that we're, you know, um, proposing to, send, to, to lend money to can actually sustain the level of debt that we're, we're aiming to, to, to lend them and thrive and ultimately pay us back. And to be honest, people don't look at themselves in a similar way. But I started to, because I was like, well, listen, if this can work for X company, and I was in, I was in South Africa at the time, so I was in Johannesburg. So if, if this can work for X company in, I don't know, Kenya, Tanzania, wherever it is that we were doing a deal, actually, why is this not, why am I not actually doing this for myself? Why am I, when it comes to saying, okay, well, let me, at the time I didn't have a mortgage, but looking at my mom's mortgage, for example, why are we not sitting down and saying, actually, no, this, this interest rate doesn't really work for me. Why are we not sitting down and going, mm, okay, if we're going to, if we're going to, to, to accept this offer, and that's all the banks offer it, that's all the banks can give us an offer. If we're going to accept this offer, what's in it for me? Yeah. Why do we not see it like that? Why do we not see it as actually, how is this going to benefit me in my life? Apart from the roof over my head, apart from owning, you know, equity and a little piece of the world that's mine. 
how are we not get, giving ourselves a strategy and saying, actually, well, I can, I can deal with this interest rate if this means that I'm only going to have it for a certain number of years. Or why are we not thinking to ourselves, what's actually important to me about this home? Because for me, I'll give you an example for me. My whole thing is safety. I want to feel like I'm safe and no one can take this away from me. Mm. Now, when I'm going to buy a home, I have to think about actually what does this home mean to me? And if that, if I need to feel safe in this home, that means I have to have, how do you say, I have to have that sense that, yeah, no, no one's going to take it away, but then I mean, I'm going to then pay off my mortgage much quicker than somebody else. Mm. Objectively, it's probably more efficient to leave the mortgage where it is because apart from maybe student loans, which technically are a tax, not a loan, but apart from student loans, that's the cheapest debt you'll get. Yeah. If I went, kept the, check, kept, kept the debt in place, but you know, invested more and did X, Y, and Z, actually I would turn around and be like, well, on a net basis, I'm actually gaining more by investing or doing something with the money and letting that pay for the mortgage. But my whole thing is safety and security. Wherever that came from, that is my um, that is my top priority. That is sort of like my financial personality. So I'm going to be very risk averse, and I'm going to uh, prioritize getting rid of the debt so that no one can knock on my door, no bailiff coming on my to, to my door, no you know no bank sending me emails and giving me that kind of stress. And that's what I prioritize. So no matter what the actual monetary gain, that's where I'm going. And you know, being an advisor, so I worked in private banking, um, which is just banking, but for rich people. Um, and moving into financial advice now. Um, and I was told, look, people don't want to hear what to do with their money. And I don't know about you, but I absolutely, and I'm an advisor, I absolutely want to be told what to do with my money because it's such an emotive thing. Um, but isn't Never. that because, sorry, Bianca, I was just going to say, yeah, don't you first have to have a, a shift in your mindset to want to hear about it? Because if you're in a place where actually you are avoiding opening the bank statements and you don't want to look Very at true. it, you don't, want, you don't want someone telling you about money. But if you can move from that place, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. you're more open to hear, well, actually, here's some tools and techniques that you could use to help you going forward. But I guess... It, it, first, if you're in a place where, you know, that's the, the, the bad, okay. the ugly, the way you actually don't want to be, you've got to get yourself strong enough to get that's out it. of that and, and move forward. That's it. I think that's kind of why the whole finance PT came into being. Um, but also, there's nothing that I can do about that, unfortunately. So I can only work with someone once they've actually come to that realisation. Yeah. Once they've come to the, to the thought that actually there's more I could be doing, not to say, oh, I'm doing so terribly, but actually there's something more that I want to be doing. And, you know, this is the person and, you know, I'm trying to be there to be that person that people can say, right, well, if I do want to, to, to have a better relationship with money or I do want to increase my net worth actually this is someone I can go to. Um, but yeah, I, I have actually still found that that's quite, it's, it's a difficult, um, it's a difficult sell. 
on the face of it, I'm literally saying to people, come, let me help you increase your net worth. Who is going to say no to that? Almost everybody. That's who, <laughs> because basically because we're avoiding all of the things that we don't want to, that we don't want to see. And, you know, we might think that it's just too much hard work or we're just tired. Any number of, um, I'm not even going to say excuses, but reasons. Any it's, number it's of it's that thing where um, it's that thing where you just put it to the side and you think it's going to yeah. go away, and it never does. It just exactly. gets worse. Just yeah. gets worse. Don't know what um, Lydia was going to jump in there. Well, there were two things there. I was going to, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I would put the bank manager in the same uh, situation with the police. I'd walk over on the other side of the road. <laughs> really um <laughs> but what I would be really interesting in understanding just because Bianca has said that she's you know quite risk averse yeah how you know how then are you how do you balance that when you have um people coming to you who clearly are not, are not risk averse yeah so you've got a balance between I suppose between people well, once they get to you I suppose once they're in the door you've got a balance between mm -hmm. people who actually don't really want to do a lot of but mm -hmm. you know you'll you'll take them through that and then actually bringing down the people who want to do too much yeah I think but I think coming from uh again so when I was doing the the corporate banking I being risk averse I was in a perfect place because it's debt so he automatically being risk averse is like the best thing ever because you're not sharing the upside you're only sharing in the downside if it ever happens right yeah so so going into financial advice that taught me about my own sort of position on that scale and understanding that actually I've got to take myself out of that equation and physically yeah remove myself and be like right actually this is what is out there for you and we're understanding where you are in your as you know as you know, my client or um, yes, as my client, where are you in that situation? And objectively, is that making you money? That's, that's basically what I'm trying to do. Even myself, I'm constantly sitting there saying, is that going to make you money? Now, if it doesn't make you money, does it make you something more valuable than money? For me, safety is more valuable than an extra one, 2% in my bank account per year. For someone else, it could be another another thing. And we don't necessarily have to overcome those things. Sometimes we work with them. Sometimes it's just a matter of classifying them and understanding that there is a place where you are in that comfort zone. But at the same time, once you know a bit more, once your level of understanding and knowledge, and I remember there's a, there's a study that they love to do wealth studies and things like that. And they were talking about um, how the fact that as someone's financial um, sort of savvy or education goes up, the more they find they need an advisor. Not because they think of themselves as, you know, you know, they don't know anything or maybe they, you know, maybe they're confused or something like that. No, actually, it's because they know that they need that external sounding board. But my question is, for, for me, um, why is it only people who have, you know, more money in the bank that are able to access that? 
because like I say, people, you know, when I was in my um, old job as a financial advisor, literally, you know, superiors were telling me, you're talking to the wrong people. You know, find someone who's got at least £100,000 to invest with us. And then you can talk all you want about, you know, um, sort of, well, I was talking more about the tactics of money. So less on the strategy, like, you know, this is your goal. This is where you need to be. You need to invest this amount. And if it grows at X, X amount, then you will have this much money. But, you know, I'm there talking about, okay, well, okay, well, what's your goal? And what are you doing each month with your money? And why is that debt over here and this positive balance over there is there a reason for that okay if there if it if it's valuable to you okay that makes sense but you know what about um you know how you're spending on your kids or what about your um your um state pension or all that kind of thing and everyone's like no we don't talk about state pensions we deal with people who don't need state pensions why are we <laughs> at the end of the day no matter what you think state pensions are going to do, you know, there might come a day when you might need them or we need, if we need to cost out how your, how your, how your retirement's going to go, we need to think about all resources that we can, that we can pull in. We're not leaving money on the table, even if it is Boris's money, we're not leaving money on the table. Um, and Definitely if it's not Boris's money. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Because I, I, what did I see? I think there was, there was millions of pounds that were being um, uh, underpaid to to retirees. And they were saying like some ridiculous, I'm terrible with remembering stats, but it was ridiculous. Like 90% of them were women. Yeah. And they hadn't paid them their due, um, their due pensions uh, for, for, uh, for state pensions. And to be honest, there's not a lot of people, there are quite a few people who, who are, out there and are, and are okay but you can imagine what not knowing what your state pension is looking like like you can imagine how much loss and it was you know some of them were forty thousand pounds some of them hundred thousand pounds like ridiculous amounts of money that people have not looked at over the time but they've literally been saving without even knowing and they're living a certain kind of retirement and they can live a better kind of retirement. And those are the hard, hard straight facts that I was talking about before, yeah. whereby, you know, we can, we can ignore it all we want, but it says what it says. And when the time comes and you can't ignore it, unfortunately there's less, there's less sort of choice um, in terms of options around what you can do about it. But anyway, point being, there's a lot, um, there's a lot that comes with a greater level of, financial literacies, financial savvy, et cetera, et cetera. And it helps you. And I think, you're, Bianca, can I say, what you're, oh, yeah. what you're yeah. saying is it comes with a lot more freedom of choice to be able to do those things. Yeah. It does, especially if you start early. Um, and, yeah, so basically that's where finance, financial PT has kind of come about. And it's not necessarily a case of... Um, right now I'm doing financial planning and yes now I'm doing coaching or now I'm doing x y or z and sort of having this one size fits all um even if someone has the same problem the fact is is that there are different reasons for why a situation is is how it is and sometimes it's behavioral and sometimes it's tactics and sometimes it's simply they haven't got the products in place 
Um, so I wanted to be able to offer that and to be able to say, like, what are we working on now? How are we incrementally making, basically incrementally making you richer? But importantly, and most importantly, what for? Because at the end of the day, I don't know many people who are on their deathbeds and, and went, you know what? I achieved, you know, 1.25 million pounds and that was my goal. It, it's never that. It's, the goal is never the, the bank balance or even necessarily the perks that come with it. It's usually the freedom to spend your time as you want to. Exactly. Yeah. So whatever we're doing, we start there. We start with what's the point of this? What do you actually want to do? And when I do kind of like webinars and now coming into doing, you know, more seminars, I kind of give a little flavor of that and ask people, look, actually, what are your goals? Not necessarily financial, um, but what are your goals? And, you know, there's a series of questions and you ask, you know, what do you want to do more of um, that you enjoy? What do you want to do less of that you really don't like doing? And um, how do you want to be remembered? And I ask people to pick one because it's, it's quite a big um, sort of topic. So if it's in a webinar, we pick one. If it's actually um, in a coaching session, actually we can, we can go through the whole thing. But often it's not necessarily just, oh, right, I want to build a giant foundation so that, you know, generations to come can, um, can benefit from it. Sometimes it's as simple as I don't want to commute. It sucks my soul sitting there you know on the tube for an hour and a half each way I could be spending that with my kids yeah or I don't want to clean I hate cleaning and actually my life would be so much better if I didn't have to now when we're talking about going towards you know budgeting and all that kind of thing the real aim is is your money supporting what you want to do in life have you got the right money at the right time for what you actually want to achieve. And we go about, and that's that's basically the point of financial planning. We go about trying to put that in place for the things that we can, um, the things that we can foresee and for the things that we that we know we want now. Goals change, circumstances change, everything changes. But at the minute, what is your ideal lifestyle? And what kind of money do you need to get there? What's realistic, of course, um, but also what can we, what can we bend on? Mm. And then we try and get you there either with, like I say, behavioral stuff, because you can have as much of a goal as you want to, but if at the minute your behavior isn't supporting that, then clearly we've got something to, something to change. Um, some of it might be attitudinal. Sometimes, you know, too much risk aversion is, is also not good. So how do we, um, expand those horizons and allow you to see sort of the benefits of, of being a little bit more risk, um, well, not risk loving, but that's the technically opposite of it, or being less <laughs> risk averse. <laughs> or increase your appetite for risk. That's it. There we go. And that's, 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 the, that's, the, that's basically what we're, what we're trying to do. But equally, it could be, like I say, it could be the tactics. It could be actually we need to move around your um, net adjustable, net adjustable, um, net adjusted income such that the tax man doesn't take too much of your, uh, of your money away and that will free up however many 
hundred pounds a month, like a month, a year. So it's all those things, wherever is the next goal that we work on. Um, And there's a few concepts that I thought would be useful. So I've got like sort of stages. Um, So first of all, it's like financial physio. You're not at zero. There's still things you need to do in order to get to, to zero. Um, which is that, you know, you can pay your bills. And that's very, very much, that's a really short-term thing, right? That's a month-to-month thing. Um, but then you go on to financial functionality. You can pay your bills. Great. Yay, yay, yay. You know, this is great. But, you know, you might not have huge amounts for emergencies. So it's not, so you're functioning, but an emergency comes and it might leave you to, lead you, sorry, to, um, to maybe take on debt in order to, 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 to plug something on that side I don't know people usually say I don't know either le- either uh, moving jobs or uh, you know your car breaks down or your boiler or whatever it is oh, well, let, me put, let me let me put a, a, a my spin on that um it's the end of the school year academic year so your kids want to buy all their teachers presents and then you've also got the uniform for the next year so uh, yeah. but July August and September you're cleaned out yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, something, or, or it could be holiday club. You've got to work. You've got to pay for the holidays, like holiday club or whatever it might be. And those are things that you want to foresee as much as possible. To be honest, I would count many of those things in the physio part. So yeah. once you've got to functionality, those are bills. They're just not monthly bills. Mm-hmm. So we need to make sure that, that over our year, we can cover our essentials, our basics, and we're functional then we come to resilience and again that's looking a little bit further ahead again so it's it's emergencies now we've got our bills now it's for a for not foreseeable because if we've foreseen it it was it would be in the functional bit right but for something that is common but we don't expect to happen again moving jobs or um cars or um new babies all even those things exactly exactly so how do we how do we manage that then we've got financial well-being and that's again looking further ahead not a lot further ahead what's our pension looking like we can we can we can sort our bills out but when it comes time that we cannot for energy's sake or because of ageism or whatever the reason is we're just damn tired <laughs> and we're not working we can't say that if worst comes to worst, I could pick up a, a job stacking shelves at Tesco. Mm. Worst absolute comes to worst. Now, no, no disrespect, Tesco. I was going to say no disrespect. Absolutely not. And actually, that's what get, I'm saying. And actually, and that, then you get a discount on your food, so you'll be right. That's it. Not, not even good. that. And if the adverts are true, every little help helps. That is, exa- you know what? That is my motto too. Trust me. But what <laughs> I'm saying is, is that a lot of the time when you are younger, you have the energy, you can run around and do and pick up something here and pick up something there. So it's not Tesco, it's, I don't know, a temping job. It's not, whatever it might be, that you can just pick up some extra income here or there if you're in a pinch, that you, ne- you won't necessarily be able to do when you don't have the energy to do so. Mm. Um, uh, or, or, or even the will, because you know, you've been working all your life. So if you can, if you can, if you can see your way through there and you know that when time comes that I cannot or will not be working 
um, in my older in my older years. What do I have there? Do I can I have I made a, a comfortable life for myself, such that now actually that's not worrying me because deep down we know it's not like it's not like we're completely unaware of age. We know. And it's something that worries us a little bit more as the years go on because you think, oh no, I'm not prepared or, oh my goodness, I, you know, I want to have this kind of a life and have I done enough and blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, you feel pretty satisfied when you have enough for, you know, a bit of savings, uh, a bit of um, something for your emergencies and something for your later life. And then financial freedom is when you've got all of that and you can actually spend your time doing the things that you actually believe are important or that you would like to do. So, you know, whether that be, I, I don't know, working only nine months of the year and having extra long holidays, whether that be moving near to your, um, near to your grandkids or whether that be, yes, starting a foundation or a charity or starting a, a, a business that you really wanna do. Whatever that might look like, whenever you feel to yourself, right, this is the ideal way that I wanna spend my time on earth and my money is supporting that and allowing me to do that into perpetuity, that's what I call financial freedom. And that's what I wanna try and get people to. Fantastic. Yeah, Brianka, thank you so much for giving us that brief introduction, as we said, you know, you're going to be uh, joining us for a, a, a series, maybe a saga of episodes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is financial planning. I'm going to use the word saga. Yes. But, um, I'm looking, I, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it because, um, yeah, I'm not really in the place where I would like to be, if I have to be honest. You know, obviously I'm living day to day and I'm getting by, but it would it would be nice to be able to think, actually, I'm doing a bit better than that, to move from um, the space that I'm occupying now into a more lucrative space for myself and my family to be able to do those things. So, you know, um, I really do kind of appreciate this conversation. And I would also say to you, Bianca, thank you so much for putting a... Um, yeah, a, a quite light-hearted spin on it, because yeah. I'd say that's another thing with facing those banking kind of money uh well-being kind of issues um you, they're not necessarily the most energetic enthralling <laughs> so you know when you've got a personality behind the numbers it always is a help and and it's as we said lid and this is part and this is why we we brought the show to to you guys and you know it's about discussing and dissecting the good the bad and, and the ugly and the absolutely shocking. And, you know, as Lid said, you know, there's probably, you know, we've all, well, we've all, I say we've all, maybe not, but some of us, I have as well, been in a place in terms of finances where I didn't want to be. Um, and it's really good to hear um, and get some advice and coaching. And I just love this financial PT. So you've got financial physio, you've got financial resilience, all of that is just, it's just really, really good. So looking forward to the, the, the future sagas um, that we're going to be uh, bringing to our, um, our listeners. And yeah, thank you very much, Bianca, for joining us. And thank you for owning your space on the show. And we hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs>
Okay, listeners, thank you again for uh, joining us and stay curious. You got to have a J-O-B if you want to